Well, it's officially the off season. <sighs> Meaning that this will be my last rankings video for some time. I know. Unless we rank my rankings videos. Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. <sighs> Gonna miss these rankings videos, these arbitrary number assignments to teams that ultimately mean very little, but to some mean everything. Grassi, and today... We will be ranking the top 10 teams heading into the offseason. Before we get to that, I want to do a big shout and thank you to some brand new patrons and YouTube members. First off, on the Patreon side of things, we have Hutton Gildjoys joining back in at the royalty tier. A big shout out and thank you to you. And over on the YouTube member sides of things, we have Richard Bartley, we have Timothy Ostrander, Kaylee Rover, and Matthew K. A big shout out and thank you to you all. So we'll probably wind up doing another one of these right after the draft, but this will be the last one for a few months at least, and it's been a blast with these ranking videos this season. The entire season really has just been great for the channel. Uh, we were able to get through an NFL season, which was... A little shaky at times because of COVID, but here we are. And now, let's take a look at the offseason and see where some of these teams stand. Starting with number 10, you have the New Orleans Saints. I know they made it to the divisional round in which they lost to the future Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but there's a reason why the Saints are this low. One, Drew Brees. Most likely, bye-bye. Riding off into the sunset to get all that sweet, sweet NyQuil money. Or do you think they're going to replace him on those ads? So there is a little bit of concern at QB. Obviously, Taysom Hill will most likely take the reins, as he did in Drew Brees' absence, and he didn't do too bad for himself. That's not really the, the problem that I have here. The problem I have is that they are in cap hell. And it's not, you know, if you're looking at Dante's Inferno, it's not like, you know, like the first or the second level of hell. Oh, no, they're deep. Like, they're real, real deep. Like, they have taken the elevator straight on down, and they're seeing Satan just covered in ice. That's, that's what's happening here. There's going to need to be some massive changes that are going to need to occur for the New Orleans Saints because their cap situation is not pretty at all. Now, I know Drew Brees restructured a little bit to give them a little bit more flexibility, but they're still going to either have to restructure a number of contracts and or cut guys because honestly, if they don't, they're not going to be able to sign their draft picks. And so that's kind of where I'm putting the Saints right now just because you're probably going to see a much different team at the start of next season. I mean, technically, if they don't get under the cap, can they not field a team? And it's going to be like the replacements? And they'll give me a call. And they'll be like, Tom, we need a wide receiver. And I will say, no, thank you. Because at that point, I'll be like 31 years old, and, you know, I'm not out of shape, but... You know, and, and my knee hurts a little bit. You know, I, I worry about that. So. Number nine, you got the Tennessee Titans losing a close game to the Baltimore Ravens in the wild card round in which they were still competitive. However, 
It seems to be, if you stop Derrick Henry, you beat the Tennessee Titans. Oh, and their defense also sucks. Now, here's the thing. They will lose guys, most likely like Corey Davis. They'll lose a couple of pieces, but that defense really needs to get better, right? There were some games in which they just got blown out. Look at the Packers game in which they couldn't really get anything going. And that's the thing. Ryan Tannehill had a great year in 2020. And on top of that, had some great wide receivers to throw to. This team still does have a good offense. It just seems that if Derrick Henry's not part of the game plan, things kind of stutter a little bit. But I think their main thing is going to be addressing that defense first, probably getting a pass rusher at some point so they can actually get after the quarterback. And then they'll be contenders once again. Number eight, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I'm putting the Steelers all the way down here. Got embarrassed in the wild card round by the Cleveland Browns, and it was just a stomping, and Ben Roethlisberger suffered, and it was bad. Now, there is going to be some QB controversy, right? Is Big Ben still got it, right? He obviously wants to play. On top of that, their run game was really non-existent at all this year. At times, their offense was high-flying, and it was great. Their receivers were tearing it up, and then at other times, not so much. But really, I think they do need to address the ground game. But I will say that that defense keeps them within the top 10 because it will allow them to be competitive in just about every single game that they play. They'll probably have a bit of a harder schedule next year, so they might not go 11-0, but I expect the Steelers to still be in contention in a very busy and hectic AFC North. Number seven, didn't see this coming. You got the Cleveland Browns. I know, it's so weird to even have the Browns in the top 10, but here they are. I will say, Kevin Stefanski did a damn good job with this team. Out goes Freddie Kitchen. Here comes the Stefanski, wins coach of the year, and turns that team around. Led by a power running game, Baker Mayfield, he had himself a nice season. That defense, while very young, can make plays. Obviously, that defensive line, led by Miles Garrett, still really, really good. What I will say, though, is that that secondary does get torched every now and then. And you saw that in the beginning half of the Chiefs game, and then they were able to crawl their way back. And listen, for you to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, if this was any day before this past Sunday, I would have said that's really, really impressive. And so the Browns, I think, are right there. They're a few pieces away from being a dominant team. And again, they are in a pretty rough division with the Ravens and also the Steelers. But, I mean, considering how good the Browns look this year, I think there's a possibility that they wind up winning their division next year. Number six, you got the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson coming out and being like, hey, I don't want to get hit no more, so... Like, I know I'm fast, but can we address the offensive line? Please? And the Seahawks are just a weird, weird team. First half of the season, offense is really good. Defense sucks. Second half of the season, defense is pretty good. Offense is really not great. And it just seems like there was no consistency on both sides of the ball, and they were never gelling with one another. The Rams, for example, in that wild card game, destroyed Russell Wilson and destroyed that offensive line, a position that has been of need basically for Russell Wilson's entire tenure, and they never really addressed it. On top of that, that defense is still missing a couple of components that does need to be addressed, but the Seahawks, listen, they will still be a competitive team anytime Russell Wilson is under center. They have the receivers, they have the run game. It's just a matter of putting it all together. Number five, you got the LA Rams. And listen, this team made to the divisional round and Jared Goff put up a good attempt against the Green Bay Packers with only nine fingers. But here's the thing. That defense is still going to be great. I know Aaron Donald was banged up in that divisional game and he was not playing at full strength. He was the defensive player of the year, even though they stole that from Watt. 
Here's what I'm going to say. That defense is still going to be damn good next season. And on top of that, now they have Matthew Stafford. I think they are automatically contenders and they are the favorite to win that division now. That's how much I believe in Matt Stafford. If you can have a guy who doesn't turn the ball over as much as Goff did, whether it's fumbling or whether it's the fact of throwing interceptions, you're going to be in a good position. And so the Rams for me, I think are one of the most intriguing teams coming into this next season. Yes, they're not going to have a first round pick for the next like 55 years, but... Who needs it if you already have a really good team? And I think they have a window for two years to be Super Bowl contenders. Let's see if they take advantage of it. Number four, you got the Buffalo Bills. Great season, folks. Great season. Ended very disappointingly, though. Very, very disappointed with how it ended. Josh Allen made MVP argument. His connection with Stephon Diggs was one of the best in the league. And honestly, that offense was on a tear. Now, they do need to address the running game. I know they had some injuries there, but yeah, that was kind of non-existent and that was a little bit of a problem. And also on defense, it seemed like the rush defense was so hot and cold. However, they showed up and did really well against the Ravens, but then on other times, they just did not do well. So the defense is kind of what I usually recognize the Bills for, and this is why it's so weird to see their offense do really well and when their defense struggles, kind of like scratch my head. But the Chiefs really did take them to town. I know that it was close in the beginning, but they could not stop guys like Travis Kelsey. And so I think that if they address the defense a little bit more and stay healthy at running back, they'll be back here. Number three, you got the Green Bay Packers. So close, yet again. And some might say, Tom, at least you lost the Super Bowl champs. Nah, it doesn't make me feel any better whatsoever. Some changes coming to Green Bay. Uh, some question marks. Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Corey Lindsley, Kevin King. That last one's probably not a question mark. Most likely gone from the team. Maybe they restructure somebody. Maybe they cut a guy like Preston Smith to keep Corey Lindsley. But yeah, the offense is definitely going to look different. I'm not completely and totally worried because we have A.J. Dillon, but if we lose both Williams and Jones, we're going to need another running back. While I would love to keep Aaron Jones in Green Bay, considering that he can do it all and he's so elusive and he just brings such a skill set that no one else on the team has, it's going to be sad to see him go. But honestly, besides that, that offense is going to remain relatively the same. I imagine we're going to address offensive line because we got dominated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game in that department. Obviously, having David Bakhtiari back, our all-pro left tackle, will definitely make a difference. But for the Packers... I imagine they'll get a wide receiver at some point during the draft just because this is Devontae Adams' contract year. And over on the defensive side of the ball, besides losing guys like Kevin King, everything else is pretty much remaining unchanged. However, we did let Mike Pettin go or didn't renew his contract and brought in Joe Barry instead. A lot of criticism already being hurled at him considering his work in Washington and Detroit, but... I'm willing to give the guy a chance. And on top of that, his specialty is in linebackers, a position that we have ignored for such a long time. If he's able to take guys like Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes to the next level, maybe that's what's needed to bring the Packers' defense to the next level. You had guys like Rashawn Gary who were so impactful this year. It was phenomenal. So the Packers are still going to be a competitive football team. Matt LaFleur has helped bring this team to back-to-back -to -back NFC Championship games. I mean, now is the chance for him to bring us to a Super Bowl. Let's see if he can do it. Number two... You got the Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, they're still a good football team, even though they got their ass kicked in the Super Bowl. It's like the Broncos from a few years ago. You know, they were good. It still hurts, though. They were decimated on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life, pressured 29 times. 
29. The guy barely had any time to throw. Now, obviously, they had two key injuries on that offensive line, but good God, it was bad. They didn't have a run game to speak of, but they really haven't had one all season. Throw on top of that, that, you know, the Buccaneers' defense was just that good, and their run D is number one. Yeah, they looked human for like a hot second. Their defense made that one goal line stand, but did not make enough plays against that Buccaneers offense, which has kind of been a bit of a story for the entire Kansas City Chiefs season. Their defense has never been spectacular, but their offense has been so overwhelming and so overpowering. It's kind of like, eh, you don't really care because they could get the job done either way. Considering what they did with the Bills, I was like, oh, okay, this team's about to win a Super Bowl. But hot diddly damn, that game was won in the trenches by the Buccaneers, and they really, really made their lives miserable. They're still going to be a great team. They're still be a competitive team in this next season. However, they, they got some holes and they got some weaknesses and they are going to get exploited by good defenses. Chiefs got to make sure that they address those needs this offseason. And number one, no surprise here, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, this is so gross. We fought against it. We were like, no, there's no way they're going to win, right? And yet, just like Thanos, he's inevitable. The Buccaneers downed three high-powered offenses on their way to the Lombardi. They did it to the Saints, they did it to the Packers, and then they did it to the Chiefs in stunning fashion. That defense is no joke. That defensive line, those linebackers led by Devin White, absolutely incredible. Just the speed that they have on the edges. And again, they just bulldoze that Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. Tom Brady didn't have the greatest postseason. However, in the Super Bowl, he showed up when he needed to, and he didn't turn the ball over. And listen... I got to give credit where credit is due. Tom Brady helped get it done. I will say that he was definitely helped by an amazing defense, but Brady played damn well in the Super Bowl. So I can't fault him for that. Now, the reason why they're going to still be number one is that they're most likely going to be able to bring the majority of that team back. There are a couple guys on defense and that offensive line that are under contract or will be requesting new contracts. And of course, you have guys like Gronk and Fournette. But I think that if they are able to bring back these major pieces, there's no reason why they're not going to be contenders again next season, which... It's just gross. It just really, really is. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. How do you feel about these rankings? Who do you see as the top 10 teams heading into the offseason? Let me know. You can always find me at TomGrassyComedy.com or TomGrassyComedy, all social media you see down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrassyComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassy. And as always, Go Pack Go! Thank you.